The Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Miles Danhausen Jr. And today we're going to talk cocktails. We're going to try to do this without any cocktails actually in the room with us. So this is this is going to be difficult for me. But joining me today is Anders Eriksson, an old friend of mine, an old uh, a familiar face to some who go back to the T. Ashwell's days in Ellison Bay. Anders, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Miles. And uh, I introduced you by talking about what you used to do, but <laughs> yeah. what you do now is you created a YouTube channel out of your experience working behind the bar where you teach people how to make great cocktails. What's the name of it? Is it just Anders Ericsson? Yep, just my name, Anders okay. Ericsson. So, Anders, you graduated Gibraltar in 1998, right? That's One right. One year after me? Um, 25 years ago. Hot damn. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Quarter century. Um, and you found your way to Chicago. You found your way into the cocktail scene. And then I guess we'll we'll skip the history here and go right to your YouTube channel, which you have grown into couple hundred thousand subscribers? Yeah, we just passed uh, 470,000. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's I was overestimating right. at a couple hundred thousand. I thought you were going <laughs> to be like, actually, it's 12,000 miles. But no, no, 400,000. That's, uh, that's decent. And you've had this channel for about how long? Two years? Uh, three years? No, so in April, we're looking at like three and a half years right now. It'll be four in April. Wow. Yeah, it was the, the pandemic kicked everything off. <laughs> <laughs> it's still weird to me that like that's now like four years old. I know, right? That's like an entire college career that I didn't have because <laughs> I didn't graduate. Yeah. <laughs> like for a typical person, that's roughly a college career. Yeah. Um, so how did you end up launching this channel? And did you think you'd end up like making this your job? <laughs> no and yes. No, I didn't think that I'd be making this my job, but yes, that was the goal. Okay. Not really knowing what I was stepping into. And a lot of things just had to fall into place. So I think that a lot of this was, you know, kind of a combination of persistence, but also the timing. Okay. Yeah. So you, you're working at Ward 8, which is this bar on the, is that technically Evanston? Yeah. On the border of Evanston, Chicago, In right Chicago. on Howard Street. And classic cocktail bar, COVID hits. You can't make cocktails and your now fiance mm -hmm. decide to launch this channel. Like, Take us through how this gets started. Yeah. So you kick that off by saying COVID happens. I'm no longer able to make cocktails. I <laughs> was able to make cocktails, but nobody was there to drink them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had been working at Ward 8 making classic cocktails and original cocktails, all based on classics for a number of years. And I was at a pivotal point myself before the pandemic happened. I was toying around with a couple other things. One thing was cocktail classes. I was intending to start doing private classes at the bar okay. outside of business hours because I was at a point where I'm like, I'm getting older. These 3 a.m. weekends are just killing me. You know, what am I going to do? So that was one thing that I was about to start. And when I say that, it's like within a month of doing my first class. And then the other thing is I did want to get into some sort of content creation. Okay. So I had started a podcast of all things, recorded maybe six of them, never put them up. It was me sitting down at the end of a shift with one of our regulars. 
and I would make myself a drink. I would make them whatever drink they wanted. We'd sit down and we'd just chat and it would be about them. And it was a lot of fun. There were a couple of those episodes were a disaster because, you know, the guests had already been <laughs> drinking and they were at their limit. I actually was hitting a point where I thought, you know, this is interesting to me, but I wasn't sure how to make this interesting to the rest of the world who never met this person, you know. But it was fun to kind of force myself to think creatively like that. Yeah. And so the pandemic hit. And uh, again, this is where timing comes into play. The first week, you know, I'm sitting around doing nothing, just staying inside. Second week, starting to think, man, this is going to be going to be a problem. <laughs> Third week was basically, all right, I don't know when we're getting back. So my now fiance and I, Azasa, we decided to put together a, a one cocktail video. At the time I was getting text messages from some of my regulars saying, hey, how do you make a sidecar? How do you make a, a Negroni? Just basic, classic cocktails. And Your so, customers are like, I'm currently three bottles deep in my day. I have yeah. nothing to do. I need right. to change it up. Yeah. So I would just text them the recipe. And finally, I said, hey, you know what? I'm just going to make one video. And I did one on the sidecar, a little three-minute video. And I sent them all the link to the video. And made another one a week later on how to make a Manhattan, just very basic things. I didn't include any history, any stories, that sort of thing. And week by week, we just kind of kept making a video and more and more people were watching. And at some point I started getting, you know, in the comment section, these are people I don't know. And so we just started rolling with it because at that time I'm thinking, I'm not going to have a job to go back to. <laughs> and Maybe at some point, if we do this long enough, we'll be able to turn this into a money-making venture. So you have this combination of that tipping point that I think anybody in the service industry comes to at some point where they're just, just the anxiety of like, all right, am I really going to just keep doing this? And I don't mean to say just, it's, it's a noble profession, right? <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, I think we all have that question, whatever job we're doing, when you hit a point where you go like, is this what I'm doing? Right. And I think in the service industry, you end up with a lot of people who are creative at heart. And so you have a lot of sort of like lost souls in the industry, like going, what I really want to do is this creative thing, but I have to do this to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fairly common in the bar and restaurant industry. And you are one of those people. You started out pursuing theater and acting. Right. When you first moved to Chicago 20 some years ago. Yeah. Actually, next month will be 20 years that I signed my first lease. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have that happening in your life and that anxiety probably. Mm -hmm. And then you have COVID hits. And then you have this, I mean, thinking back to that of what's happening with my, my lifeblood here yeah. with Word 8. Like, <laughs> is right. that place going to survive? And it kind of did, right? Uh, it got sold though, right? Right. Yeah. It's, it's still there, Word 8. They're doing well from what I understand, but it's all new, all new everything. Yeah. yeah. So you start doing this channel and just to be clear, this isn't like Oz has a somewhat of a, a film background at uh, this point or is she like no, self-taught? Self-taught. Yeah. So she's doing the recording for you. Right. Well, okay. So let me take you back to the first video we did. Okay. Oz wasn't even home or she stepped out. We had talked about doing this and, and I like how you just said, like she stepped out on you. She said, yeah, right. She's like, I'm out. This is stupid. Yeah. So, so I sat at my dining room table and put the camera on a tripod and just started talking like a newscaster at the camera. And I couldn't get through one sentence without under my breath saying, God, this is stupid, you know? <laughs> and so as soon as she came back, I showed her what, what I had created. And 
Oz has a background in photography, so she understands okay. lighting and composition of a shot. And she's like, all right, first of all, <laughs> you know, before you even open your mouth, this is a terrible looking video. <laughs> so we, uh, we sat down, we didn't have like really professional lights at the time. So we pushed the table next to the window shot during the day. So I got some natural light in there and she just moved the camera closer and I would lean into it. And, um, that was it. I just rolled right into, this is how I make a sidecar. And and then she got in nice and close and, and got the nice B-roll, which all kind of kicked it off. But at that point, it was, okay, this is our channel, <laughs> you know? Okay. There was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was about, you know, a minute and a half where I'm like, this is my channel. <laughs> and then, yeah. Well, and and thankfully it ours. did, because for those who haven't seen it, and I, the easiest way to do it is just go to YouTube and, and just search Anders Ericsson. Mm-hmm. And pops right up. But the quality of the videos is incredible. And you guys do an incredible job with it. And then it evolved to a point where you started kind of giving a little more than just a recipe and telling some story, letting your personality go in the videos a lot more. And when did it start to really take off? Like beyond, okay, I made this for a few customers, oh, customers and their friends. And then it's like, wow, there might be a thousand people or something like that. Yeah. So I would say, you know, obviously I wasn't the the first person to decide to make YouTube videos once COVID hit. Right. So there were a bunch of other really, you know, small, brand new cocktail channels out there. And I was constantly watching all of theirs too, because I, I was thinking, how can I make this different? And Oz and I were approaching it every week thinking, all right, there's an algorithm here and yeah. we need to understand how this works if we want this to survive. So we were focused on view duration, clickability. So we're always like playing with different thumbnails, different titles, that sort of thing. So we started mid-April. By mid-summer, we were starting to not really get major traction, but we were growing and the response we were getting was really positive. So we decided to start adding in more First, actually, the first thing that I, I added in, I think, was uh, the second video in the Manhattan. I threw in a personal story at the end, trying to make the video a little bit longer. And then I started thinking, I don't know how many of these stories I got. And, <laughs> and honestly, early on, if you go back there and look at those early videos, they are they're terrible. <laughs> I, I'm screaming at the camera and I'm, I'm acting like a goof. But we're just trying new things. And so because I wanted to focus on the classics, a lot of them have great stories, but most of them we don't know if they're true or not. Right. So, so many of the videos, I'm like, you know, just like every other cocktail, we don't know where this came from. <laughs> but this is the story I like to believe, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I have noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I'm going with. Yeah. But you have to research it, right? Like you had, yeah. I remember when you were texting me like, all right, I need some because you know a lot about bitters. We've enjoyed a lot of bitters in our day. Mm-hmm. And you were telling a story about the Washington Island bitter story, basically. And you're like, what do you know about this that's, that's factor <laughs> and, and right. whatnot? Because yeah. there's things we've just been saying behind the bar for years. But then when you're putting it out in, in my case, print form or in a video, you're like, if I do this and it's blatantly wrong, I'm going to get like 900 comments right. telling me exactly what I got wrong. Yeah. And I've, I've, there have been tidbits of information that I've been corrected on. And I always think, oh, man, God, I, I, I really thought that I knew that, you know. Yep. And I'll leave a comment saying, no, you're right, whatever. Not to say that that happens all the time. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I've found that with each video I was doing more and more research because I really want to give out accurate information, even yeah. if it's just primarily for entertainment value. 
you know, I'm not saying like, all right, I want you to quote me here. <laughs> this <laughs> this has happened on this happened on this day, but yeah, in in digging information, I would find a lot of conflicting information and from reputable sources. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, I I don't so I don't know how like an, a historian can <laughs> can go in and and know the truth because I've pulled out so much of my hair trying to figure out the right story. So I tend to take the approach where yeah, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But this is here's the caveat. Is, yeah, like, right. This yeah. might be BS. Right. Yeah. Listeners might be able to tell that I've known Anders a long time. And your journey to ending up at Ward 8 and then having this YouTube channel starts, would you say it starts at T. Ashwell's? Yeah. yeah. So, well, you could argue it starts at Wilson's Ice Cream. Okay. Because <laughs> before I was of age, I, I was a soda jerk and I kind of thought of that as like the precursor to bartending. <laughs> Handing out ice cream cones and milkshakes. Well, there you go. All of you mothers <laughs> yeah. and fathers yeah. who are sending your daughters and sons up to work at Wilson's, just know you're grooming them for a life in the bar. <laughs> yeah. Sarah and Slade, that's what you're doing there. Right. Um, but so you were, you start your first job at Wilson's? First job was actually when I was 14 at the, at the uh, Sister Bay Cafe. Okay. Oh, yeah. Worked there for four years. Started in front of the house uh, and then washing dishes. So kind of front and back busing and, and washing dishes. And then... Worked my way up in the back, prep cook, line cook, and then I went over to Wilson's when I was 18, right after I graduated high school. The Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kewanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. And actually, I think if I have this right, Sister Bay Cafe goes even farther back in your family lineage because that used to be Johnny's Cottage, right? Right. And isn't that, is that like a great-grandfather or uncle or? A great uncle. Okay. My my grandmother, her brother was Johnny. My grandmother's about to turn 97, by the way. Happy happy birthday, Grandma. Yeah. So Johnny V, for those who don't know Johnny, Johnny's Cottage Restaurant is like for for people of a certain age, that is like a iconic place. Mm -hmm. And it was gone by the time... I was hanging out in Sister Bay, but I don't know how what year that closed. Well, he sold it, but yeah, what year it closed? It became the Sister Bay Cafe, probably in the eighties or nineties. No, I'd say like ninety three. Okay. I started in ninety four. Okay, so Johnny's Cottage was around through the eighties. I just yeah. never made my way to Sister Bay out of Egg Harbor in the eighties. <laughs> but yeah, so your family lineage goes so far back in the village, and Johnny's was like, you know, is that Nals? Right across the street yeah. from each other. And then there was, it's now Wild Tomato, and they attached the, what's that little oh, the, what, beer place? Yeah, it used to it? be Beers Out, now it's just part of Wild Tomato. Okay, gotcha. So that used to be a separate building, which was the Pioneer Gallery, which was my grandmother's gallery. So his brother and sister had two businesses right next to each other. And now you're like, wow, I'm so glad we let that go out of the family. <laughs> right. <laughs> <It's> like, <Yeah. laughs> my grandparents had a cottage back when Wycliffe Road was just very basic cottages back in the 50s. And long before I was born, they sold that off. And I was like, every time I go down that road, I just like, come on. Right, right. (laughs) Anyway, so you grew up doing that. And then you, when did you start working at T. Ashwell? Like when we were like 20, 21? Let's see. I started 2001. I was 21. 
working behind the bar once a week under Teflon. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who told me one of the the best lines about uh, working in Door County where, and I don't know if this originally comes from him or or if he was repeating it from somebody else. I don't know where the original credit goes, just like a a cocktail. (laughs) But he once said like, you're... You never get fired from the Bayside. Your shifts just get farther and farther apart. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. Like, people are done at the Bayside. You're like, oh, my God, he's he's not working there anymore. And then, like, six months later, it's like, <laughs> okay, we fired you, but we desperately need Saturday covered. So yeah, right. you're back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's really good. so T. Ashwell's, for those who don't remember, like, before it was Wickman House, it was T. Ashwell's. And there was, a, I don't know if that was 10 years that that was around, but, like, for a while, T. Ashwell's was considered as about as good a restaurant as you could find in, oh, yeah. in Northern Door. And they had a cocktail license way up in Ellison Bay. And it's unfathomable now to think this because Wickman, their bars packed all the time at night. And back then it was like, wow, will people drive all the way to Ellison Bay? Right. You know, will they really come up here? <laughs> like, And that became kind of a, a step for a lot of people to end up with a, a career in the culinary world. Right. In the bartending world. Yeah. And it, it was a, a, a special place. I have very fond memories of working at T. Ashwell's. Yeah. yeah. The Mick. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> so T. Ashwell's, you're bartending there. I actually bartended there, not on your level or anyone else's level. I didn't know what I was doing. I knew nothing about wine. Uh, and you then, were pretty much at my level. <laughs> that's, I, I pretended a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, it was like, uh, here, you have a question about the uh, wine, um, what you might like. Oh, wait, I just have to run in back real quick and grab something. I'll be right back. And then you run back. You find Bruce Bash and go, Bruce, this person's got a question about wine. Can you come up here and just kind of like show up at the bar and answer their question? (laughs) Bruce would just say, just sell them the Pinot Noir. (laughs) (laughs) I should say you actually had much more experience than I did because you had experience owning a bar by that point. Yeah, but... Like the, the most I had ever mixed was probably a rum and a Coke. <laughs> like, <laughs> I barely knew how to, you know, running Husbies and stuff. It was, the drinking crowd was much less educated at that point mm. in time. But yeah, I would, I, I guess I knew a little bit about making certain cocktails, but I absolutely nothing about wine. Like, it's not like now where I think young people drink wine. I mean, like we never served it. At Husby's. Now people will come up and order a rosé at the bar at Husby's. Like that. Unheard of. Oh, man. <laughs> when somebody ordered wine at Husby's back then, you had to go get a dust rag out to, to wipe off the bottle before <laughs> you pu- pulled it up and you served it to him. And you're like, that, that was probably open for like oh no, <laughs> multiple weeks before I served it to you. That is not good wine. So, which, you know. I wonder I, why I, people I later worked at the bowl and we were serving wine out of the box on a gun. So that was on the uh, gun. Oh yeah, it was piped up from the basement on the gun. It was. Wow, that's oh, incredible. We went through a lot of it too. I don't think they do that anymore. Or if they do, awesome. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Good way to aerate the uh, the wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, inside inside baseball in the bartending world in Door County. But you worked there. Ryan Hill worked there. Zach Lozoff worked there. And I just mentioned that because you all end up going down to Chicago mm-hmm. and working in some really great restaurants, Michelin starred restaurants. James Beard award-winning restaurants, you end up working at the cocktail scene that was so late to come to Door County. When you were working at, what was it, In Fine Spirits? Mm-hmm. was one of those first maybe handful yeah. of cocktail bars in the city. Yeah, they were definitely part of that that cocktail resurgence. And, you know, one of the things that drew me to the city was <laughs> you yeah. guys are all in these great restaurants. I'd come visit you, and I'm like, we don't have this up in Door County. Like, I'm missing out on all this stuff. So I'd come down there, and it'd be f- – 
great to go to some of these places because you'd see like two or three or four Door County people or people with Door County connections working in these great restaurants in Chicago. And you go like, oh, we actually learned something back in the day working, yeah, working right. up there. <laughs> yeah. like most of these people worked for me at Husby's, but I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. So funny. You know, when I moved down to Chicago, I, I remember I was really proud of T. Ashwell's on my resume. I felt like this was such a great place that it should open doors everywhere. <laughs> and so you go in, I'm just looking for a, you know, a serving job, a bartending job. And they're like, where'd you work? I'm like this place called T. Ashwell's Fine Dining. And I look at them like, huh? huh? And they're like, I've never heard of it. You know, that means nothing. What'd you do there? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like, well, it turns out that's the same as saying husbies. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I made chocolate martinis. You don't understand. <laughs> Everybody loved them. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a Cosmo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so I think, uh, wait, Zach, Ryan worked at Blackbird, and they both worked at Ryan and Zach worked at North Pond. Melissa Rip was down there working. I'm name dropping all these yeah, <laughs> yeah. local guys. Yeah, Some of them are now our local wine and beer reps up here. So you're getting better booze up here because of this whole threat. So if you're dropping out of the podcast at this point, I don't blame you. But <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I thought it was great to see that this group of people could come out of the restaurant scene in Door County and end up working at all these great places in the city. At the time, I didn't think any, anyone was moving back here. But now... Everyone but you has, Anders. What's yeah. taking you so long? Yeah, right. <laughs> I So here I was saying timing is such a big deal when it comes to the success of the channel. But I um, my timing has been off when it comes to buying property in Door County. <laughs> you know, as I've told you before, every dollar I save, the housing market doubles. <laughs> so I'm just a little behind. I get $1 behind. back in the piggy bank. And, oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. no, it's 3 to $4 more expensive. <laughs> yeah, right. Up there. Hmm. Great. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I really wish we'd have held on to Johnny's cottage, Mom. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> but yeah, you're long-term. You've always talked about like potentially getting back up here in some way, right? Yeah, that's um, that remains the goal right now. Chicago is great. It's convenient for the channel as far as you know, the product and we've got a, a nice studio space and everything's running along smoothly. But at the same time, I'm thinking about getting out of the city. <laughs> Everyone sort of always is, right? But, yeah, yeah. Um, I have been for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's bumble my way back to uh, your YouTube channel. And you, you mentioned like you have a studio. So you started with this thing, just shooting this out of a corner of your apartment, right? And mm -hmm. then, but now you have, you actually rent a place solely to film these cocktail videos, correct? Right. Yeah. And so obviously it's got to be working out pretty well to get to a point where you can go like, all right, this is more than just like crowding out my living room. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, we were at a, at a breaking point because, you know, with each new cocktail you're introducing to the channel, each new video, I was having to buy one or two new bottles. And uh, <laughs> well, I will say this. If you start watching Anders' channel, you will find yourself collecting liquor because I would start watching Anders' <laughs> channel. And then I'd look at it. I'm like, well, I, I have like two of the five spirits I need for this. You might have to run there. You know, Firefly might be a source for you and Top Shelf and Coupla, the bottle shop down there. You're going to be making trips there because you need some, you have some random ingredients in some of these things. Yeah. That I mean, aren't, Typically available, no offense, but not typically available at the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> oh, none taken, Miles. Like, like, <laughs> no offense, Jay. <laughs> yeah. But well, anyway, I interrupted you about. Oh, no, it's all good. You know, so you start collecting bottles to 
so going out, you're just going out and buying these bottles, uh-huh. spending an insane amount on liquor, yeah. <laughs> and it's just piling up on. Yeah, I, I, before the channel started making any money, I was losing lots of money <laughs> <laughs> because I just kept buying more and more booze and did not have any place to store it. I can't emphasize enough how small the apartment <laughs> that Oz and I lived in at the time was. But so I was storing them in the corner on the floor. And that started to spread out across the entire dining room. And so we would have the camera on a tripod and bottles intertwined with the tripod. And Oz would try to get a different angle. And we would have to take a pause, clear bottles, then move the tripod and move bottles back. And it was just too much. This sounds like it'd be great for your relationship. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it really was. It really was. Yeah. So like you said, you're, you're buying bottles but you're losing money because you're buying yeah. so much booze. And like, at what point do you go like, there must be at a point like this really has to start to work. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of rules, a lot of checkpoints that you have to make on the channel as far as viewership, all of these things, hours viewed before you can monetize the channel. And it all has to happen within a calendar year. And we hit our marks by December of 2020. And when I say we hit the mark, it, it was like, all right, that first that first month we make $270. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, we're rich. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, but at that point I had really started to do a little bit of research and work up a strategy because you have to have different sources of revenue. So I was signed up for the Amazon affiliate program so I could put links in the description. And so I was actually making money from Amazon affiliate links before the YouTube channels, okay. the YouTube channel, the YouTube videos, <laughs> excuse me. Um, and things really started to pick up, and I'm really bad at remembering dates, but I would say about a year in, so first part of 2021, we had some of our older videos, the old-fashioned video, and then the essential bottles video. These really basic videos that, that newcomers are drawn to started to really take off, and we, we tripped that algorithm. And every week, I would look at our subscriber count and it would just, all of a sudden, it would just double, and then it would triple. And then we got featured on the YouTube does this thing, to, sends out to all the channels and says, creator on the rise, and we got featured. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> a couple of the other cocktail channels reached out, and they're like, congratulations. I'm like, for what? You know. <laughs> but once that hit, then things really started to take off. And by that summer, I think we cleared like 30 grand as far as, not money was, as far as subscribers. <laughs> then I don't even remember when we had 30,000 subscribers to 100,000. It felt like nothing. Like right now, I feel like we've kind of hit a plateau. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll pick up maybe like 2,000 a week, which when you have this many, that's not <laughs> a yeah. whole lot. There was a time when you were a little person that you would have right. cared about those two things. You're right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, one of the things that you have to hit to get monetized is within the first year, you need to hit 1,000 subscribers. And that was something I was keeping a close eye on, you know, because we're like, all right, we're at 340, you know? <laughs> it's crazy to think. I remember when we hit 80,000 because I put it in terms of, with our subscribers, we could fill Lambo Field. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's the key metric. Yeah, is, right. That is actually how YouTube... Brands it too, like, oh, you have a Lambo level. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know that they'd all show up, but <laughs> you um, theoretically. You once told me, like, the, the pressure starts to mount, though, because to even hit those algorithms, you need to, I think you said something like, you have to release a video every week. And if you start missing your schedule, you start getting docked by the 
algorithm or something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, you set your schedule and I would say to anybody starting out, like pick your schedule and then just stick to it, you know, cause there are some channels that maybe they post a video once every other week or once a month and it's going to take you longer, but you have to be consistent with that. If you start and you're going to, you know, I'm going to do this every day and if you start going off oh, just once a week, the algorithm is going to think you're losing interest or, you know, mm. we're not going to kick it out. So we, from the get-go decided we're going to do once a week, Fridays, you know, that's a good time to have a cocktail. Let's just <laughs> put on another one, put on another one, put on another one. I have talked to some larger channels that have kind of slowed that a little bit, you know, because they have the audience to where they're like, okay, I don't have to do every week now because when I do post, there's enough people that chime in. So the algorithm is like, okay, you yeah. still have a following, but, but it scares me, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> don't well, want you to. talked about it, like it's pressure. And sometimes when I've like tried to catch up with you when you're in town or, or in Chicago, you're like, well, I've got a film. I'm working on this week's video. We got to get this done today. Cause you know, as you start doing it, it's like, okay, great. I'm, I'm getting to do these other product videos and like Basil Hayden's asked you to do some stuff for them. And that's great. Except it interrupts your week. And now you got less time to put your actual video out. Yeah. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so you're like, oh, it's just easy. I'll create this channel and then I'll capitalize on that channel by creating these products. It's like, wait, but if the channel, if the videos were taking me all week to do, right. where do I find the time to do the things I'm trying to capitalize on the channel with? Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously this is a business, so you want to be sustainable and, and keep pushing forward. So you have to have, like I mentioned, other avenues of income. So when you get to a certain size and you have enough traction on the channel, then sponsors, you know, want to be featured. And so you get a, a sponsorship, but then they really have, you know, some say in what you're saying about their product. So they want to see an early cut of the video. And so it really send is you notes high and pressure. And yeah. Send you notes and <laughs> read through contracts and it's all ridiculous. This is great. But would you change your hair? Could you wear something? <laughs> At that Could point, you be I'd be like, somebody no, else. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, how about you get behind the camera and just have Oz do this? <laughs> I'd really say, like okay, I don't know that Oz would. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so four years in, how many videos? Let's see. We are, we're just shy of 200. I think we're like 180, 182, something like so that. So if you're listening to this and, you're, and you want some cocktails, you've got at least a couple days worth of cocktails covered. Yeah, right. right. For, the, right. for the serious aficionado <laughs> out there. Yeah. But no, they are all really great. And, you know, for a while, especially during those COVID days, and I'd be sitting at the, the bar in my garage and be like, well, it's Friday. <laughs> What's on there, Scott, for me? <laughs> Staring at the wall. Haven't seen anybody but my wife in weeks. But they are great, and they're really easy to follow. And you approach it from like a, a non... There's not like a snooty avenue here, right? Sure, um, yeah. And it, it kind of reminds me of... You've sort of done with the channel what I asked you to do for me personally, like... 11 years ago or 12 years ago, whenever it was, I had moved to Chicago and didn't have a job yet. So I had plenty of time to explore dive bars and then also <laughs> go back to your house. And it's like, all right, Anders is making a great cocktail at like one in the morning. This is great. And then I'd be like, how do you make that? Oh, you need all of these bottles. I'm like, all right, give me an essential yeah. list. Give me the seven things I need because <laughs> I can't buy all those. And you actually then later created a video of like basically that very premise. And it's so funny you bring that up because I honestly think that was an important time for me as well in developing this format, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. One thing with like working at Ward 8, we 
we're making classic cocktails. We're trying to be, you know, as good a quality as possible, but removing the pretentiousness, which is really prevalent in the cocktail world. And so with this channel, I wanted to be accessible to the novice bartender, which everybody was during the pandemic, you know? Yeah, right. (laughs) And I just hope that that comes through. And I feel like, you know, every time I see in the comments somebody made the drink or, you know, it's, it's really just encouraging. And when they say, you know, like, I tried it this way or I like this better, I really like that because now they're thinking for themselves. They're not just following yeah. a recipe, you know? And um, giving you ideas because you said one ideas, of the hard parts yeah. now is you're 200 videos in. You start to run out of, like, your yeah. old-fashioned video, what do you say, that has over a million views? Uh, it's over two and a half million now. Uh, yeah. I am so far behind here. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is awesome. I, just, I watch it nonstop. <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> every day. I just, yeah. my, I just up my count by <laughs> right. keeping this channel rolling in the background. But... There's only, well, I mean, there's infinite amounts of twists on these things, but like you got to, you got to be starving for ideas sometimes. It's interesting. You know, like I've kind of turned to other ways to make videos. You know, at first it was, okay, we're going to do this cocktail and then we're going to do this cocktail. And then that kept going. And I thought, all right, now we are going to include the history of it, you know, and, and try to add on to it. Well, then I started throwing in like an original cocktail of mine. And those videos didn't do as well as like the old fashioned because, you know, it's people just, are searching for how to make an old fashioned. Right. Right. Constantly. Exactly. Nobody's searching for what is that original cocktail that Anders made <laughs> called the Lucky Stone? I'm going to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I started doing is including little list videos, like, you know, three cocktails for Valentine's Day, whatever, you know. And then I would do a classic, a classic, and then an original of mine. And okay. I would like lump it in there. And then I started doing tweaks on classics because I was out of my favorite classics. So then I started looking at classics that I've had that I've never really cared for. And and I'd make it and I'm thinking, all right, how can I make this better? And then I'd make a video about that. And I'd always kind of say at the beginning, like this one is a little bit of a deep dive because I'm going to tweak this one. So I always try to kind of move around a little bit to keep it interesting for me, but also for the viewer and to to keep the ideas coming. Well, you had the one, what, the vodka taste test? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That one I'm going to admit was for view count. (laughs) I I was trying to get people to watch that video. In the past, I've kind of poo-pooed vodka just because it is such a neutral flavor. It's not called for in so many classic cocktails because it was really, you know, going back a hundred years, it was just meant to be drunk straight. And it wasn't until the mid 20th century that Everybody wanted a lighter, cleaner spirit. So you start seeing vodka cocktails pop up. So I never really put any attention on vodka. And of course, there are a ton of vodka drinkers out there. I think vodka is like the number one liquor sold worldwide. Yeah. And I, I got some heat from people that were saying, you know, like you, you got to give vodka a chance kind of thing. So I decided, all right, I'm going to grab 12 bottles of vodka and I'm going to blind taste test them. And I was really nervous about that one because I had no idea. You know, I'm grabbing bottles that I, you know, read a review. They're like, oh, this one gets 98 points and whatever. And I'm like, okay, great. I'll buy it. (laughs) I'll buy it. (laughs) And uh, then lined them all up and they just, they don't, they all just taste the same. (laughs) (laughs) When, if you rank them, what one ended up being your favorite in that? In that video. So number one for me was Hangar One out of California. Okay. But. I would say the top four or five were all really good. You know, um, yeah. Chopin vodka was really clean, smooth. I was going more for like based off of texture 
or how much of a burn did it have? So my bottom pick was Kettle One, which wow. is, is the one for, the one that for years was always behind the bar. I'm like, yeah, that's that's my go-to vodka because <laughs> that's uh, top notch. But uh, I was going for all, well, more or less kind of the, the higher tier one. I say that, but I did have Absolute in the mix. Absolute beat out Kettle One. What about Fleischmann's, Pop-Ups? Yeah, didn't do those. Didn't do those. Plastic candles. Yeah. Right. Um, what is your, if you had like a default, other than just a shot of bitters, what is your <laughs> default beverage if you you're sit down? like? That's a great question. I I tend to, for the ease factor, we'll grab a beer. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I like a light beer. This reminds me of when I asked Dan Carey, like, what is your go-to beer? Like, Dan Carey is the, the brewer for Spotted Cow and New Glarus and respected as one of the best brewers in the country. And I'm just thinking he's going to have some obscure craft beer choice. He goes, you know, at the end of the day, a Coors Banquet beer. I, I like it. it. I love it. Yeah. He's just like, of course. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I will say at this point in my life, when I am looking for a beer, though, I base it off of ABV, and I go for the lowest <laughs> proof beer. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I like hitting that point too. Yeah, like just just oh, four point eight, great. I'll take that. You know? <laughs> but yeah, a beer. Sometimes you know, I'll pour myself like a a little nip of something, a little whiskey in the winter, or or rum or something. But uh, the cocktails. That's right. You you're big on tiki drinks. I do enjoy tiki drinks. Yeah. yeah. Well, so tiki drinks can be a hot mess. And I, I feel like a lot of people that are really tiki enthusiasts, they just like big mess of, <laughs> of ingredients. And some of them are just awful. And uh, so, but I do think that there are some really good, uh, let's see here. I'm, 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 I sound like a snob. I should just <laughs> shut up right here. <laughs> no, okay. Snob it so, up. Go on. <laughs> I just, I, I think that there are some really good tiki drinks but you do have to be careful because it, it gets muddy. And I think that people think the more components you add to this, the greater it is. And you have to understand like balancing and ease of drinking. So my favorite cocktails that I will make for myself are the easiest ones, like a classic yeah. daiquiri, you know, yeah. uh, an old fashioned, a Manhattan. These are the drinks that to me, this is why they're classics, you know? They're easy. They're delicious. The well. they're, yeah, exactly. It's funny you mention that because sometimes I'm like, well, what do I want? Do I want a Manhattan or an, or an old-fashioned? Well, Manhattan's technically one less step, so I'll, <laughs> yeah. like, I'll make it easy on myself. <laughs> it's right, like this right. huge burden or something. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go through stirring the drink. I'll just throw <laughs> it on a cube. Like, yeah. how lazy have I gotten or how bad was my day? I <laughs> just I can't do nine more seconds. I think a lot of people are like that, though, you know? And, yeah. that's, uh, and that's how you end up just drinking right. straight out of the bottle. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is not an, I'm not endorsing that. Well, Anders, thanks for chatting through all this. It's fun uh, going back in time here. Congratulations on buying the Wickman house. Really looking forward to it. And, <laughs> Thanks, uh, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, if someone wants to buy the Wickman house for Anders or the Greenwood, that'd be great. Anders can just set up your bar. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll set it up. I'll just ask for housing. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a house. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I ask. Yeah. Just a simple 
$800,000 house for 1,200 square feet or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that, that should do. That should do. Um, we should plug your channel. What's your website? Is it just AndresErickson.com? AndresErickson.com, yeah. And then from that, they can find your YouTube channel. They can find the, the gear you guys have for sale now. Mm-hmm. Makes great Christmas gifts for all of your Door County friends. Perfect timing. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we got merch. We actually have some other surprise merch coming out soon. Yeah. So tune Excellent. in. Yeah. AndresErickson.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. We put out a, a weekly newsletter and and links to old videos. It's a great resource if you want to look cool at holiday parties and come up with a good drink. Andres got a lot of great ideas there for you. So we'll That's pump right. up your subscriber count by like six. I'll take it. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> Thank you, Miles. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. This podcast is produced by Miles Danhausen Jr. and edited by Rachel Lucas. If you want to help us continue to create more great episodes just like this one, visit our website at doorcountypulse.com.